Welcome, welcome. Another recording of the Sky Phoenix and Smith Tips podcast. We're yes. back in the building. Yes. You know, we try to keep it, you know, keep it moving, keep recording episodes. You know, we do it like two at a time now. It must mean we we getting a little a little bit of good, huh? Right, right. We mass producing. Mass, mass producing. You know, this your girl, Lonnie. Um, as always, I'm here to let you know what Sky Phoenix got going on. And with the co-host with the most... Chris Smith in peace, the building. Peace, peace out there. What's going on, everybody? Well, I'm so excited to be back in the building again. We have a wonderful special guest here today, Bruce Mosley. Yes. I can't wait for y'all to hear his story and see what's going on um, with Mr. Mosley. Yes. You know, we'd like to start off by saying what we got coming up. Yes. What's happening? Together and individually. Because we're right. doing a lot of projects together. We're growing yeah. as a team. Yes, yes. <laughs> so of course March 31st y'all probably already seen it on my page as well as Jesse Canty page shout out to Jesse Canty with Smoking Wings Westgate Mall thank you so much for putting together a fundraiser for the Erica Adriana Fields Agape Scholarship and you know that's something near and dear to my heart so we're going to be um, still raising money for this scholarship 10% of everything that um, Jesse makes that day at Smoking Wings from 12 to 6 will go to the Sky Fitness Project. Even if you don't want no wings, if you ain't had his wings, I don't really know where you've been. Man, you ain't serious about wings if you ain't had his. All his pulled pork, all his cheeseburgers. Mm. I mean, because Jesse would just come up to with a flavor off the rip. Just like St. Patrick Day wings. Smashed my 
back of the car up to the windshield. Told him my car actually. Um, I just came out with whiplash or what have you. So um, thankful, thankful to God for that. He, he obviously got more for me to do um, because it, it was scary. And so you know, I, I talked to the gang and just thought it was better just to recoup at home and stuff. So I hate I missed it, but um, I'll definitely be there on the 14th. I mean, I talked to him and he was like, no, I'm going to try to make it. I was like, oh, no, that's not a good idea. But that just showed commitment. He dedicated and all. You know, that's good when, you know, somebody in celebrity status is Christmas. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but for those who, you know, our fans who talk about, hey, how can I get involved with Sky Phoenix? This is your chance to chop it up. But that's what it is. We sit down and we talk or what have you. So. You can't make podcasts or you can't call in or what have you. That's your opportunity to chop it up. So um, definitely, um, this grief and loss is going to be important for you to attend because everybody has lost somebody and struggling with it or finding a way to navigate through it. And so um, definitely need to be there. Yes, go over to the event right and RSVP that we just want to get a head count of what to expect and who all is coming out. Um, definitely, this is something that I, it's, I just see it growing every day and everybody's like, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. So just RSVP, we want everybody who has a voice to actually be able to be heard. Um, the podcast, we have limited time and limited space and so many people like, I want to be on your podcast. This is the opportunity for everybody to be heard. We cannot do a podcast every day, y'all. We can't. We try, but <laughs> we, we can't. Yeah. Um, and, and, and with Sky Phoenix, shout out to my In the Middle family. That's my other projects that I'm working on with Jeremiah Drummond, who's doing March Motivators right now. We're going to go into our third season of shooting um, the In the Middle show, and I'm just grateful to be a part of that. The second season has taken off. Our viewers have just, I, I'm shocked. Uh, <laughs> He always plugs us and say, look how many viewers we have and look how it's growing. And um, we're being booked for gigs in Atlanta and we just booked the um, the Black Excellent Community Awards. And so we definitely, I'm just so proud of everything we're doing with In The Middle. Keep following In The Middle on all of their social media handles. And shout out to Diana Haywood, Club Marketing, who is still doing the Prom Project 2019. She was on our podcast last time. And she still needs some of you to donate some of your time, energy, and product to her. Some photographers are needed to take some pictures of these kids. Um, Diana's doing amazing work with plug marketing, getting kids ready for the prom, supplying dresses, shoes, hair, makeup, nails, you name it. She got it. She's doing it. You know, just that's just who she is as a person. So I got any photographers that can reach out to Diana Haywood with plug marketing and get some pictures for these kids. So you can also hit us up. At Sky Phoenix, the project Facebook page and Sky Phoenix LLC at gmail.com. That is what I have going on. It's always continue to drop in my inbox and tell me anything you want me to talk about. Um, community projects going on. You can always book me on the Sky Phoenix page to come speak at church events. Anything you need from your girl, you know I got you. So trying to go over to my boy Chris because I ain't gonna tell him what he got going on right now. Oh, I heard the jet land outside. You oh, you. <laughs> That's funny. Um, hey, same thing as far as, you know, this acting bug is, is real. Uh, we, thanks to everybody who came out on March the 2nd at USC Upstate Performing Arts Center uh, for Cry Nobody Heard. Um, we, we had an excellent time. Everybody, just a great performance by everybody. Shout out to Showtime Productions, Carrie Greer, and Genocide Moore. 
Uh, we are now working on our next production, which is Collateral Damage, which comes out June the 8th, uh, which will be at Chapman Cultural Center. There are two shows, 2.30 uh, p.m. and 7.30 p.m. Make sure you get your tickets because they are selling out. Um, they sold out on March the 2nd and sell out again on June 8th on both shows, so make sure you get yours. Um, right now, I'm waiting on this TV performance, waiting uh, with Jupiter Entertainment and my For My Man, um, my part in the episode of For My Man and episode of um, Murder Chose Me on Discovery ID. Waiting on those to come out, keep you all posted on when they do. And I'm still working on this movie called Stan uh, with Joint Air uh, Productions and uh, Fred Stevens. So that's what I got going on just right now is just acting, just acting and, and with Sky Phoenix. So that's what we get. That's what I got going on. I mean, he just said it so like that's why I just got a couple projects I got, you know, just working on just a couple TV shows and a movie. Just, you know, just I've been in my free time <laughs> when I ain't doing nothing. Um, about that. But continue to support positivity, you know. I'm, I'm blessed to have a team surrounding me that gets it done, that makes sure that we make an impact in our community because that's what's, what it's all about. If you're going through something in life, if you've been through something in life and you're sitting on it, then it's kind of like you're going through it in vain. I believe in pushing through things and pushing through your situation because I promise you, I say it every day when I make a live video, what you're going through probably ain't even about you. So um, it, it's meant to teach somebody else and help somebody else along the way. Uh, continue to support positivity. Um, Katania Martin from In Demand Studios is doing a huge thing today. Go out if you need your nails done, hair done. I said I would shout her out. Thank you so much for Katania for always encouraging me. She's up on Lawrence Road in Greenville, South Carolina. She has some nail techs that drove in to do hair, nails, makeup, uh, blowouts, everything today. And they, and they like staying late, like 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning doing it. Make sure that every customer is taken care of. So shout out to Katania Martin and In Demand Studios. Just plugging that. Support people who have supported you. Mm -hmm. um, don't, don't keep... You know, pulling up at the gas tank and, and you know not refusing other people. So, and now with that being said, I'm I'm so hyped about our special guest. You know, Chris has got a special guest here. Oh yeah, yeah. Talking about refueling people, uh, this brother right here. Uh, we go back eight years. Um, when I first moved back to the area when I was from coming from Denver. I moved back to the area and I um, decided to join the the um, Bethlehem Baptist Church family, Bethlehem Baptist Church, Silverville, South Carolina, Dr. Um, Philip M. Baldwin pastor is going to give a shout out, but joined the, that family at Bethlehem and uh, went to Sunday school, single Sunday school, and there was his brother teaching, and he, he taught about, you know, putting things together, and he talked about um, the recipes and stuff, and he put together a recipe Talking about you know how God works and everything, and everything works as part of the recipe for what God has for you. And you know, it was just like, oh, that was that was deep. I mean, he just didn't talk about the scripture. He put it all together, and it just started a, a link from there. Um, so for these eight years, you know, this brother has been you know a good friend to me. Not only that, a, a brother in Christ. And but I mean, you know, everybody got a story. And that's the beautiful thing about it, you know, um, what he's doing, and he's taking it well beyond just the walls of the church. And so, 
you know, Bruce is a minister, a minister to preach God's word, but not only that, you know, he has a purpose for his community and purpose for the world around him. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to bring this brother in and bless you all. It's my man, Minister Bruce Mosley. Sir, welcome, welcome to Scott Phoenix. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, first, I just want, I'm humbled uh, at the opportunity. Lonnie, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I've heard some outstanding stuff about you from Chris, and you guys are really touching people. And the Chop It Up, man, I know so many people dealing with grief. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that my schedule will permit me to be able to be a part of that. That is so awesome. Thank you. So, and uh, Chris, uh, like Chris said, you know, I've been knowing him for quite some time, and I almost forgot about that Sunday school mm-hmm. <laughs> lesson. Mm-hmm. But that was, I have to admit, when I think about it, that was a good class. Yeah. Real yeah. good class. So, uh, again, Chris, thank you for the opportunity. One thing about Chris that I can share with everybody is that when everybody else, put me down or pretty much counted me out Chris never did mm-hmm. he he didn't see me as what I was going through he saw me as another brother in Christ and I will I'm always grateful to him for that so Chris thank you so much man. Oh, man. Well, it's my pleasure my pleasure thank you for that that's what he does <laughs> that yeah. is that's what he does yeah, that's what he does so tell us more about that tell us more about you know Bruce's story yeah. okay well I mean, a little background about me. I'm from this little old town in Anderson County called Williamston, South yes, Carolina. Yes, Williamston, yeah. Uh, not, but probably about 10 or 15 minutes from the Anderson Jockey Lot. Yeah. That was one of the highlights of living in Williamson, going to the Jockey <laughs> Lot. <laughs> uh, or the flea market, uh, some uppity folk would call it now. But um, that's where I'm from. I grew up in a single-parent home. Uh, my mother, she's uh, passed away now. May Francis Sanders, uh, awesome woman of God. She uh, gave me exactly what I needed to become who I am now. So, uh, have a good childhood. Went to Palmetto High School, uh, played basketball, team captain, you know, all that cool stuff was sports. So, um, a little bit about, you know, me growing up. Uh, now, I'm at the place where I am a business owner. And I operate and own the business called Decide, Commit, and Resolve. And one of the things that uh, we do, we're a motivational speaker, and we are here basically to motivate people to achieve their goals. That That is my passion. That is what I love to do. I love motivating people. There's nothing like seeing the light come on. Mm-hmm. You know, after you spoke a word to them or just gave them a smile, even just hugged them, and seeing that light come on to see that somebody cares. Uh, because somebody did it for me. So the, um, that's the name of my business. And where it came from, that business came from a place of pain. Uh, I myself was a prior addict, right, cocaine. And the unique thing about that struggle was um, it seemed like I could not escape from it. No matter what I tried, I kept going deeper and deeper. And it wasn't until I went to this counselor and uh, this counselor had helped me to deal with some childhood issues and from that birthed this business and decide, commit, and resolve came from me making a decision committing to it 
and I developed a plan or resolve to see it through. And that's the thing that I preach to everybody. If I can do it, anybody can. If they just make a decision, commit to it, and resolve, uh, develop a plan to see it through. So, 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 diving into that, where what are the components of once you make the decision, you commit? How how does that commit take place? What what elements? The the, the unique thing about this particular thought process or a program, if you will, is seeing within yourself that you can do it. Too often, uh, a lot of people, even myself at that time, looked at myself as though I don't have enough strength, enough power, enough insight to make it or even do it. So most people uh, stay in fear and never move forward. But for me, I had got to the place where I was at the bottom and there was no else but to come up. So I finally made a decision to step, to make a move. And from that, I realized that when in anything, any decision you make, you have to commit to it. So what I did was from there was develop a, a regiment of things that I did every day. I put sticky notes on my mirrors, on my refrigerator, uh, in my car, on my desk at work. I put sticky notes everywhere with positive affirmations. That was part of that commitment. And I said these things to myself every day. Uh, until it became a part of me. And so once I began to believe in me, I put a plan together. And that plan basically was me sticking to those things that I wanted to commit to. That plan was, uh, throughout that plan, I started writing a book. I actually finished the book. I just don't have it uh, published yet. And um, that commitment, that whole process brought about who I am now. And uh, my passion, I'm going to say this again, my passion is to encourage everyone who's going through that you can make it through. Mm-hmm. That you can make it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being that motivational speaker, especially, I mean, because I can relate to that, and you, and you saying that all of it was birthed from pain. Yes. Um, what was the aha moment? Like, people always ask me, like, when did you decide to, like, you know, change? And I was like, the decision that you're making was mine was such a simple decision. I had to decide one decision. I had to decide to live. Mm-hmm. That's it. When I made that decision, it was like I was at the crossroads, and God was like, "Listen, you know, I, I wanted to throw in the towel, yeah. and I had to make the decision to live." Mm-hmm. And people think you make it one time, and I tell people this: not that same decision, that one decision every single day, no matter what. It's thrown at me. Mm-hmm. I made the decision to live every single day. So, what was your like? aha moment that you knew that the pain you were going through was going to birth something different. Wow. I'm glad you asked that. Um, uh, me and my um, one of my sons, his name is Cameron, uh, we called it the crossover moment because uh, we use that in reference to basketball or whatever. But my aha, my aha moment is was comprised of three things. I wanted to leave. I did not want to lose my marriage. And I knew that it was something better in me. And those three things helped me to understand that I could make it. It pushed me. It pushed me to the point that I I could not, I could no longer stay at that place 
and believe that I, that was it for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where the aha moment came. And, and God spoke to me. His spirit spoke to me and said, son, you are going to live. And from this, I'm getting ready to do something special. So decide, commit, resolve is something special. It's my baby. Yeah. So tell us what, what, what do you see for your baby? Like, what do you see your baby doing, growing up? You know, when we have kids and we like, oh, <laughs> dreams you have for your children. What do you see this baby doing in the future? Oh, I'm glad you asked that as well. One of the things that my baby is doing right now, we are, um, we use our social media platforms to uh, push out different topics. So, um, uh, every other Tuesday or every other Monday, depends on what day is uh, best. But usually every two weeks, I go live and I put out different topics. Uh, my last topic, uh, we talked about um, the test is coming, be ready. And uh, just encourage people that life will bring tests. But throughout that process, you have to prepare. You got to prepare for tests. So uh, uh, right now, my, we're still in the infant stage and we're trying to get more people to see what Decide, Commit, Resolve is about and what we do. Uh, from there, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to touch different platforms and um, actually do conferences. Um, from there, nationwide, I, I, there is no limits. Uh, I'm just at the place where we're trying to get the foundation of it going mm-hmm. so that people can understand and know what we do. Now, we, we, you know, besides the side committee resolve, you know, the, the, I see, you know, work that you've done, you know, with men mm-hmm. and young men. Dive into that a little bit because, you know, when we, as far as black men, we get, we always, you know, I feel sometimes we're overlooked yeah. and there are no resources mm-hmm. or what have you. There's no network mm-hmm. per se and you know, I, I've seen the work we've done together, but just, you know, what's what's been the work that you've done, the effort that you've made, and how do you see Side Committee and Resolve working with men and helping you in that charge for the work that you've done? Okay, well, a few of the things that we've, well, that, that I've done mm-hmm. with men, uh, we've had Bible study groups, we've had off-site uh, get-togethers. Uh, one of the biggest things that I had to learn for myself is that I have to make sure that I meet my need. Uh, a lot of times, men kind of we kind of put our needs aside, or or even we may wear a mask and not deal with the issue, uh, simply because we just have a problem just trusting other men. You know, uh, we've got hurt or whatever the case may be by other men, especially sometimes with the church or whatever the case may be. We tend to walk around holding that hurt. So one of the things I try to make sure that I do when I get with men is we try to talk about the real stuff. The real stuff, the stuff that plays us. A lot of times um, we don't like to talk about um, insurance plans, you know, death, uh, your death plans. We don't like to talk about uh, dealing with lust. Uh, you know, I have a problem uh, looking at women. We don't like to talk about... Um, well, well. Yeah, you know, just being real, we don't like to talk yeah. about having uh, kids that we really don't take care of. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't like to talk about, yeah, I cheated in my marriage and I'm now I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some things that, that we go through that we don't particularly like to talk mm-hmm. about. So what I try to do is when we get together as men, help us 
to to get past that pain mm-hmm. because once you get past the pain, healing starts. Mm-hmm. And 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 we got to understand that that no healing will take place mm-hmm. until we release the pain or go back to the place where the hurt happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our young men. Um, the events that I've been a part of, we tried to meet the young men right where they are. So we did um, the football games, mm-hmm. uh, NFL games, uh, NBA games, just to get them interested in what the men are doing. Because once you get them interested, they'll come. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you're doing the same old boring stuff with young men, they will not come. You know, if they if they, if they think we just come to church and the men ain't gonna talk, you can forget that. But once you engage them and you get them out doing stuff that they like to do, then you can use that opportunity to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And they'll be more accepted. Uh, I, uh, one of my uh, big prayers is to be able to have a all-men's convention. I've been praying about this. Uh, a all-men's convention where we got uh, events going on with our grown men, different breakout sessions, and with our young men. And have a panel of, of guys, teachers, and preachers, and counselors who are right there being able to just meet everybody's needs and everybody leave there better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely feel like, you know, women, I know he said all men, but we need to get behind them. Because mm-hmm. I don't know who y'all think y'all gonna date. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know who you think you're gonna marry. Um, so many times it's such a separation between men and women and it, but I, we all need such individual healing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why when my first started Sky Fitness, it was just me. And I kind of got painted. It's maybe. <laughs> we just going to say woman focused. Male basher. So, <laughs> so I, I had this open call to look for a male counterpart mm-hmm. because I wanted individuals to know that it's not, we all have to heal. Yeah. That's why when we always do do events, we have the male and female component mm-hmm. because it's to bridge the gap. Exactly. To open the lines of communication mm-hmm. because who do you think, if you don't get behind your spouse, your significant other healing and being a better person, you got to live with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, I'll say this, and this is one of the biggest things when you look at men and women and relationships, and we can go there for a second. Most of the time, neither are whole. And when they go into this relationship, you got two broken people who are basically trying to piece something together, but they themselves are not whole. And I would advise anybody before they go into any kind of relationship, get whole. Mm-hmm. Find those places that's in your life that that that, that is hard to talk about, hard that you've been having trouble dealing with. Deal with them places so that when you actually go into a relationship, you both don't carry that baggage with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I never forget T.D. Jakes talked about, he had this message called the bag lady. And he carried a whole bunch of bags in on the um, uh, the pulpit. And it, and it just blew my mind because it made me understand so many of us are carrying these bags. And we're toting these bags and then we try to grab a spouse, a significant other, and we're trying to carry them along with our bags. Mm-hmm. So it's so important that we release those bags, those things that's holding us up. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because I I see so many times that people get into relationships and think that's going to fill this void yeah. or, feel, or heal whatever's broken in you. And temporarily that may be a great band-aid for, <laughs> what, for whatever healing you need. But sooner or later, it, that, that wound starts to seep through, and then it infects the whole entire relationship because you let 
what affects you become what infects you. Woo. So I definitely see that, and it infects your whole relationship. It infects your significant other because what happens when you have all this baggage, and then you go to this other person, and you want to give them some of your baggage. Mm-hmm. You have tunnel vision. You don't see the baggage they already got. Yes. So yes. now they trying to tote your baggage and their baggage. And <laughs> that's a lot of baggage for one individual. It is. When you mm-hmm. have to heal. The abandonment issues, the childhood hurt and pain, the generational curses. Mm-hmm. You have to address all that before you try to meet somebody that's attached to their own mm-hmm. mess. <laughs> and, and, and now y'all together, and it's just a mess, period, because what has affected you is now infecting y'all. Mm. So. Wow. Man. So, I mean, from the aspect, aside from it, y'all, I. Thank you allowed me to be on when when you're chatting and everything yeah. and I appreciate that. Um, how can people get connected with that? Well, uh, you can connect with me on Facebook. Uh, I actually have two Facebook pages. Um, Bruce Mosley uh, Facebook. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on Instagram. Bruce Mosley is my Instagram name. Uh, I actually have a website, Decide Commit Resolve. You can commit, connect with me at, at my website. Um, I think that's it. Those are all my social media uh, platforms that I can be connected to on. Now, now it's more than just motivation, motivational speaking and everything. You got like, you got swag and merchandise and stuff. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, out of this, um, decide, commit, resolve, I, I do have t-shirts that I sell as well. Yeah, just yeah. put an order in, uh, Friday, as a matter of fact, yeah. for t-shirts. And on my t-shirts, I have my uh, logo, Decide, Commit, Resolve. I have some other uh, positive affirmations like unstoppable, uh, achieve your goal, different things like that just to motivate people. They can wear around their motivation on their shirt. Mm-hmm. And I have different colors, uh, all sizes, uh, men and women. So uh, I, I, that's just part of putting that positive vibe. And Lonnie, you mentioned that before uh, earlier in this cast about that positive energy. That's just putting more of that positive energy out, just really getting people to feel exactly who they are and how they, and, and, and actually getting them to believe who God has made them to be. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to definitely get some of that swag. Yeah, with some of our events and everything, we can definitely get some of that bag. Might have it on on the 14th. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have it on the 14th. Because you got one, right? I got one, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make sure, Lonnie, because out of this order, I'm going to give, I'm going to donate a shirt. I'm going to give you a shirt. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Right, well, you know what I have on then, so y'all know how I am about just supporting just positive, just energy. Because if you don't surround yourself with positive people, it, it's it's kind of like going to the emergency room during the flu season. <laughs> nah, they give you this mask because they don't want you to get sick. But if you surround yourself with negative energy, then I, I just believe it seeps in some kind of way. So you have to su- su- just surround yourself with positive people that's doing positive things. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to have met you and to hear you. Thank One you. of the big questions I have, I, I, I love talking to other people who do motivate. How do you stay motivated? Because people um, don't really understand how the motivators mm-hmm. need to be motivated. Exactly. So how do you stay motivated? Because I know so much of me goes into my projects and helping other people that some days I'm just on E. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that the hand is over here somewhere. So 
So how do you stay motivated and grounded in what you do? First of all, I pray all the time. I, I seek God in everything that I do. I also, I listen to other ministers preach. Um, uh, I'm thankful to have a, a desk job, and as I'm working, I can listen to YouTube. So I listen to other ministers preach. I, I, I have to feel my spirit, man. Mm -hmm. I got to. I have to do that nonstop because I have to deal with so much other stuff. And I listen to other motivational speakers. Um, uh, Les Brown, uh, Tony Robbins, um, uh, several uh, T.D. Jakes, several other ones out that I listen to. And these are the guys that I allow to pour into me. And just from one word, I may get a whole topic. And I use some of that information that I build on. And so that's how I get, that's how I stay motivated. And, and, I, and one of the most important things, I'm thankful to have a wife. She's motivating as well that will tell me, Bruce, you're slacking off. Uh, Bruce, you got to stay, you got to push. Uh, she really, really motivates me. So I'm thankful for my wife. Uh, she, she's my uh, number one cheerleader. All right. Shout out to Tamara Mosley, ladies and gentlemen. Tamara Mosley. Yeah. Love yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got our thing happening, too. She um, she sells popcorn, different flavor of popcorn and everything oh. like that. So, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. They, and it's good, too. Oh, yeah. So they, they are business family. <laughs> business family. Well, you know, Bruce, like you stated previously, you know, I, I think it was a benefit that I didn't know, you know, about. I, I heard about it, you know, when we met and everything at church and all oh, you dealing with Bruce and Bruce is blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I just never saw that. Mm -hmm. What I'm seeing is the man that you are yeah. becoming. Mm -hmm. That's what I saw. Anybody who can put together, you know, that type of lesson, you know, and be able to catch my mind. Because that's so much stuff I deal with daily. Mm -hmm. Only a few things stick. But something that happened, you know, eight years ago, and I can still remember that. Now, I haven't copied it. <laughs> I have not copied it. I've thought about it, but, you know, I, I ain't going to do Bruce like that. I ain't going to do Bruce like that. But, you know, just the, the fact I saw something greater in you. And so that's how I approached you. Yeah. That's how I talked to you as who you could become yeah. and who you can become, not who you were or what was going on at the time. So, you know, I just, I'm, I'm thankful to see this and I'm thankful for the, the friendship Amen. that has come about and what you're doing. So, you know, you're now part of the Sky Phoenix family. You definitely. So that, that platform, you know, you on one platform, now that Sky Phoenix platform, boy. <laughs> you got the millions, man. You got the millions. You guys really don't have a clue how humble I am. And I'm trying to keep back tears because uh, I never thought that in my wildest dreams God could do what he's doing in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And so to be invited and Lana, you are a great from what I'm hearing. And and to be here in your presence, I am truly, truly humbled. Um, I, if I could just say anything to you, keep allowing God to use you mm -hmm. Because what, what you have in you, you haven't even tapped into it yet. You haven't even tapped into the, the raw potential that God said you are able to do and who you're going to be able to reach. And I'm going to prophesy to you right now in the name of Jesus that you are bound not just for national attention. So do you have your passport ready? I in my pocketbook. Okay. 
get ready. Oh. That's right, we're going there. <laughs> we just had prophecy on this podcast. Oh, yes, we're going there. The Don't act like you can't get it. Don't no, act like it. We're going there. I definitely will uh, uh, share something and, and create some problem more kitchen now. Like, I have struggled the last couple of weeks just to kind of understand what God is pushing me to. And He is giving me kind of just this unrest because I know it's like an, another level. I know everything that I go through. I feel like when I'm most attacked, that's when I'm on the cusp of something. Mm. Um, so I definitely felt like the last couple of weeks, it's been a struggle for me just to. Stay grounded and, and, and know what I'm doing. And I thank you so much for those words. Because it's just confirmation for me. Um, people don't understand that when you put so much energy into trying to motivate others and you hit the wall yourself and God is trying to push you to the next level, um, it's difficult. It is it is difficult when you are afraid and and God has not given me the spirit of fear, but it's so much that I have encountered that has made me just be hesitant on my own purpose to rather question whether I was worthy of it. Um, so I just thank you for your words because it's, it's what I needed to hear. Um, it is not an, an, an easy cross to bear, yes. but I am grateful that God sees fit every day to, to let me carry it because... I, I tell people all the time with motivational speaking and what we do is Sky Fitness with all of us what we do is um, I had to go through something to get here you know this was birthed from incredible pain and I had to make a decision and God had to put a purpose in me in the aha moment of saying this ain't even about me and it's like I know you put me through it but it ain't about me and to see it change other people's lives and, and Somebody say they humble to be in my presence. I'm humble to be in your presence because um, I know it's just ordained. I feel like I live by code. Everybody I come in contact with, I'm meant to give something to and get something from. That's just how I live. Whether it's a brief meeting, a brief encounter, I'm supposed to give something to you or get something from you. And I thank you for what the seeds you planted and what you've given me. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Thank you. Brother Bruce, you are welcome to chime in and what else we got going on. You know, so you know, thank you thank for, you. for sharing and um we're gonna get your information. Yeah, no mind. doubt, no doubt. But yeah, we got other topics and you're more than welcome to chime in and what we got going on. Okay. So. Cause this is where we this is where things go left. We yeah, go <laughs> this is the haywire part. <laughs> What's going on in the world today? What what you got? Oh man, so you were talking about this Jess Hilarious um, article about Jess Hilarious and um, the Muslim brother and stuff where he ended up getting kicked off the plane and everything and now there's a tax that she's an Islamophobe and um, you, you know, it just has me thinking about tying that to Christ Church, New Zealand where, mm -hmm. you know, a gentleman went in and, and killed 49 people in the mosque and stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm a Christian man. You know, believe that that God lived, died, and raised from the raised from the dead, so that I have a chance at um, you know everlasting life. But he, he never told me to hate other people, or other religions. Um, I know that in history you had you know the Crusades and Christianity against Muslims, but it was never about religion. It was never about the faith. It was about men 
taking over and using their religion as their their call or what have you. What's going on in the world? Yeah, I'm gonna throw a question out to you all because I'm full of useless facts. Who? What do you think is the most commonly used name in the world? Like just 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 a first name, a man's first name, most commonly used name. It's a man's name, but it's the most commonly used name in the world. Jesus. Incorrect. John. Incorrect. Muhammad. Muslims are the largest group of people on earth. They have the largest religion in the world. So when you start thinking about it, Islamophobe and, you know, why these people are getting attacked, you know, we get hit with what people tell you. Now, I'm sharing this. These, these are just facts. These are just facts. You know, there are Muslims being attacked every day, being bombed every day. All of them are not born, you know, terrorists. There's a particular group of Muslims that do that. Just like there's a particular group of black men that go out and shoot other black men. Not all black men do that. You know, there's a particular group of white people who are racist or what have you. But when we look at we look at power and you look at, you know, what do we get told as America? We're just off on another part of the world. But we get told that these people are terrorists and they kill everybody for a law or what have you. But I know I know many Muslims that, that I'm friends with that, you know, respect others. And I know, you know, from other parts of the world. Let me tell you, where do you think the largest number of Muslims live in the world? Here's another useless fact. What, what do you think? Amen. Man. <laughs> We're talking about a country, uh, an uh, uh, area. Maybe, I guess I'm saying overall Europe. You say Europe, okay. I say Atlanta. Okay, you still saying Atlanta. <laughs> Indonesia. That's the largest number of Muslims. That's where they live in the world. Indonesia. So it's not Iraq. It's not Afghanistan. And it's not Atlanta. It's not Atlanta. <laughs> That's right. It's not Atlanta. But no, I, I get it. It's just the the sense of you know there's a new person to hate in the world, exactly. and, and it's the Muslims, and they're getting attacked. Um, you see it, you know, in the news when you talk about the two Muslim congresswomen or what have you. Now, yeah, they made some comments that weren't necessarily great comments to make, but now they're being bashed because of them wearing turbans and wearing, you know, covers and stuff like that. You know, I want to talk to people that look like me and you, black people. We have been hung. We've had water. You know, we're getting thrown in jail every day. Do not become a part of that Muslim hate train. Yeah. Jess Hilarious is a sister. And here she is filming this Muslim man on a plane, talking about, I don't know where you're going or whatever, which led to this man getting kicked off the plane. She's trying to say it was a joke, but, you know, why did he deserve that just because he's wearing a turban? I'm trying to figure out where the... I, I don't know, like... I've been on the plane. I've heard things. I've probably said things. Where do we go from this being something just hilarious says to this just being that literal action of the airline officials? Because mm-hmm. I'm almost certain she wasn't the only person saying something mm-hmm. on this plane. Mm-hmm. 
So where do, as airline officials, we start taking the passive, you know, like where, how did they go from just Jess Hilarious stating this, filming this to we're going to take action against this man and kick him off the plane? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, you know, the racial profiling thought process is really ridiculous. Uh, if you're a person of color, you're going to be profiled regardless. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I hate that we have to deal with that. Uh, just the other day, I was riding in a neighborhood in Simpsonville trying to find a friend of mine's house, and I was followed through the neighborhood until I actually stopped and asked the guy who was following me because he actually took a picture of my tag and asked the guy, did he have a problem with following me? And he was like, well, I just want to make sure that you know where you're going. Granted, I can understand, you know, to a certain point, but when you are being over-aggressive and just to say, let's say an argument, here I am, if I had felt uncomfortable and almost felt threatened, I pulled a gun out on him because I felt like somebody of a different color was following me trying to do something to me. Mm-hmm. And here you have a whole situation that could have transpired just because I was being uh, profiled. And when you talk about the situation with this uh, Muslim guy, it's a classic situation of profile. Mm-hmm. And because of things that have transpired in our society, everybody is on edge about something. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. Me personally, I'm, I'm just, I just personally believe that why be on edge and not live? Because you're not living, you're living in fear. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I can't go out here, I can't go to the mall, or I can't get on a plane. You're living in fear. I should not have to live in fear of driving through a neighborhood that I could possibly live in mm-hmm. and being harassed by somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I shouldn't have to, and I'm not. So I, I really believe that this joke was a quote-unquote somewhat not even a joke, but what the the underlying issue, I think the person was actually in fear and allowed fear to push them to make a decision that, that actually impacted this man's life. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, I mean there had to be some type of, I think she's the one that's being targeted because she filmed it yes. mm-hmm. and but I, there were others, Yeah, I mean, there had to be others and it just tacked on the way okay, we got a problem on this plane. Yeah, because this, this is my issue with it. I feel like with a lot of situations, I feel like we as people, as individuals, we're going to have preconceived notions, right or wrong. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We're going to mm-hmm. have, I, I've been on the plane before, when I first started, you know, I haven't been flying long. When I first started flying, I, I was like, oh, you know, let me check everybody on this plane. Mm-hmm. So that's a natural fear. So as a person, you're going to have these natural fears. Just hilarious. Do I think she was right about what she did? Absolutely not. She's a comedian. So mm-hmm. she probably hid that fear in something comedic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she responded in that way. Totally inappropriate way. But we have been fearful of things. But it is the officials. They need to be able to say, okay, you know, right. don't perpetuate the fear and make this a bigger issue. That's just the same as 
when, when people start calling cops about everything up under the sun, the barbecue thing, mm-hmm. the, the family barbecue, and the little girl, you know, handing out water. Mm-hmm. If a police officer responds and then perpetuates this behavior, then that's when it becomes the issue. You can complain about anything up under the sun. You can complain or have your personal fears and ideologies mm-hmm. about anything. But when people who have been given the right to govern these issues mm-hmm. perpetuate that, then that's crazy to me. You want to be able to come into a situation and neutralize it and be like, well, he's fine, ma'am, you know, mm-hmm. and he's been checked just like everybody that's in the airport and right. I'm on the plane, so he's fine, everything going to be okay. When you perpetuate it, then that's when we have the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree with that. So it's like, I, I just say people like us mm-hmm. and like Jess, I think, you know, jokes are all right or whatever. But, you know, just don't get on this train of being fearful of other people. Yeah. Because not, I mean, Muslims, I mean, what we don't know, they are a large group of people all over this world. And if they were bombing and killing everybody, we wouldn't even have Western civilization. Because there's that many, that, that many, many Muslims out there. Um, but that's not the case. So just find a better way, and I'm just saying people that look like us, mm-hmm. because when you look at most of the Muslim people, they look like us. You know, they 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 are complexion or whatever. They might hair might be a little straight. Okay, again, I'm profiling, but you know the, the problem is I'm just trying to find a common common ground. But you know what are, what are we scared of? And we are adding on to that. And we weren't like that as, as people. When you look at the 60s and 70s, we were pushing, you know, love for everybody. We were going against the grain. Now we're following up with this, um, this another group of people. So, you know, just that's just fine. Yeah, I feel like in America, we, um, us people that look like us, we we have historically been treated so bad that we do fall upon that and just find somebody else to hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know when you had bad kids, you know when you was bad growing up and your aunt brought her bad kids, you felt a little better. Mm-hmm. You like, at your mama like, look, I ain't as bad as cousin Pookie. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I didn't graduate, but he been in jail three times. Right, you know right. So you we just look for something. You look for the other. You know, right. you know, we we not the most hated race now. So you know, exactly. it's like. Don't follow. I get what you're saying. Like, let's try to uplift each other. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, period, people. Just try to uplift each other. I mean, my topic, you know, is y'all celebrities paying to get y'all kids in these schools. Oh, man. Yeah. Lori. We see you, Lori. Yeah. Big money. That's a scholarship. The money you can pay to get that child in school, you can go ahead and give them a scholarship to go to school. I'm going to tell you, um, the name dropping probably didn't even cross the mind. I think they just said, look, I'm getting ready to drop this chunk of money, and you're going to let my child get in this school. I yeah. mean, <laughs> technically, I paid some money to get my kid in school, too, according to Navient. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. right. According to Navient, who, who hits me up monthly to remind me that I, too, paid to get my child into a... Uh, prestigious university in Atlanta. Clark, shout out to you. Panthers, y'all know y'all charge too much. <laughs> well, the part I have trouble trying to understand, why are we, we like focusing on these two? 
You know, I I watched a movie about George W. Bush. Man. And how he went into business school. What did he go to Harvard or something like he that? Went to Harvard. Went to Harvard. His daddy said, of course you're getting in there because I got you in there. <laughs> how else did he think he got him in there? I mean, it had to be some type of favor or something. I mean, this stuff has been Never going on. Never since been alive and well. Forever this in- stuff been going on forever. So how they pick those two and say, ooh, they paying for their child. And, and these people have lost their contracts with companies. Like, um, Lori Loftus had a contract with designers and makeup companies and they have pulled it. They mm-hmm. like, you ain't working no more. Cause your mama, let me tell you something. If I got money like that, and I can't drop a little bit to get some special treatment, just <laughs> get a little special treatment. Does it make it? I know you're saying it makes it unfair for everybody who can't, you know, pay for their kids to get into these schools. Yeah, well, I was saving, saving up my money for nothing then, cause. I was, you know, I don't say that my money for nothing. I just can't understand. I'm gonna use that money. I, 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 I guess on the flip side of that, to to for a person who is a millionaire and wants their child to go to the best school, I don't see a problem with wanting your child to go to the best school if you can afford to send your child to the best school. It's the same thing if you want your child to go to the best private school or have the best tutor and you were willing to pay for your child to get the best possible tutor they could so that they could be as, as, as successful as they could be. So I don't see a problem with that part of it. Uh, maybe, I mean, you know, she... Maybe she tried to do the, the backdoor policy or yeah, whatever. Yeah, background on it. Did she have not got into the school any other I think they were playing was sports or something. Or? I think they may have not been good enough to play a particular sport. And so they paid for them to go be on this team or something like that. They were paying the coaches to say, like, yes, oh, yeah, my kids on the team so yes. they can so, get into school. So, like, yeah. Oh, so, okay, okay. Well, I mean, once again, you got money like that. You want security bag like that. You want to drop a little extra. I'm just saying, you can't expect Lori Lockman kids to go to Spymer Community College. Come on, you know she ain't going to let that happen. I think the world being just shocked about it is shocking to me because they have had this one on every TV station. <laughs> they pick and choose what who they want to go after. Yeah, all these, I mean, all these congressmen, all these big people. Nepotism been a lot. Got, a first lot. Of all, I want you to look at your White House right now, and you tell me nepotism. Oh and man, and well, look at your White House. Your whole White House is full of Trumps. With no political background, and with no, don't know nothing about politics. Like literally, they just had a boutique on you know 156th Street in New York selling pocketbooks and shoes, and all of a sudden now they White House press secretaries, and you think nepotism ain't alive and well? Okay, we just pick and choose who they who they go after. Check your White House right now. Two so-called liberal Hollywood and they they went after two women. And I'm pretty sure that the other. I ain't heard about that. You haven't even seen her dad. Don't even be on the photos. It just be her, her mama sitting there. Yeah, it's just going out because their daddy like, don't. They're not act, actors or whatever. They yeah. probably just regular people. They went out to two actresses or whatever. Like Laura cut that check herself. She cut that check. <laughs> well, what what no is Laura? Right. What has Laura been on besides well, Full House? I ain't seen her in a Lifetime movies. Shout out to that Lifetime money. But, <laughs> that Lifetime. 
Yeah, lifetime money. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Lori. I'm just saying. I mean, you she can come out here and go to Virginia College for a little or nothing. <laughs> so you probably get over there in Virginia College. You come on down here. You got the money to sit. listen. I'm in debt for probably the rest of my life because I put my child in Clark Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So if you want to drop some money on somebody's education, Lori, I can see your cash app. Um, <laughs> that working out with little Lenora. You can drop it on Brianna over this way. <laughs> now I'm tripping more on Felicity Huffman. She actually doing work. Laura hadn't done anything. What you gonna say Felicity? What Felicity oh, did? She was in she was on this show on AB I know right. You got to think about she it. She didn't get a she's not Academy Award material, but she was on this show on ABC, um True what they had the true crime series. What some crime series or whatever. See, you don't even know what it was. So Felicity ain't right. working these Felicity ain't working I, I just don't see, you know These people have worked, they have did full house. She she had to put up them twins for all of us. She did this to get her kid in school. Let that lady leave that lady alone. Let mm-hmm. she the little girl is she out the school now? Did they kick her out? She ain't in school no more? Did she graduate already? What's up with? Well, we don't even know. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. you probably have to do the rest of your classes online. <laughs> don't do Kaplan. <laughs> don't, don't do Kaplan, but you have to do the rest of your classes online. Um, but, I mean, that's just, I mean, and, and for us, we'd be like, we'd be looking for stuff to get upset about. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. It's like people telling me to boycott um, Gucci and, and Burberry. I'm like, I fiscally cannot even support it. Yo, I'm not going to boycott somebody anyway. I don't even buy anyway. What? Right. I mean, you start telling me to boycott Ross or something like that. <laughs> that's what that becomes relevant to me. I'm saying, wait a minute. What do we need to talk about? Lord, here? What, what exactly are we, we protesting? <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, Gucci? No. As long as Dollar General and Ross stay woke, I'm good to go. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't really got to. I did it on the flip side. Yeah, yeah. I'm protesting Gucci. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't bought one thing from Gucci. Ask, when you got to ask you Real Gucci? Well, you got to ask that question. Like, yeah. Real, can we see You're not Gucci talking out? about that Gucci at the hair right? You talking about... You talking about Gucci from Old National Highway in Atlanta? Yeah, you're that not Gucci. talking about that Gucci. <laughs> you talking about the Gucci at the store. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm protesting I'm that. Protesting I'm protesting Gucci. that. I ain't even sure. never seen real Gucci before. <laughs> I mean, I walked by it. Matter of fact, I was in Charlotte this week for work, and I, was at, I walked by the Gucci store. And I was like, you guys are wrong. Yeah, that's what we have to do. Just be like, I'm never coming in there. I'm not shopping in there anymore. That's when you can be like Bougie and be like, I would go in Gucci, but mm, it's socially unacceptable. Helps right there. They got to sell. I can't even get water out of Gucci. Like, Uh I can't even get in the bathroom of Gucci. It's like, you should boycott it. We quit the boycott. No, I boycott. I'm boycotting. I boycott it forever. We are quick to be like boycott. I boycott forever. I ain't boycotted. I ain't bought a thing from Gucci. Look, I, look, that's why we was boycotting H and M. They should be boycotting. Should no grown man walk up in H and M. So why how am I boycott something I can't even wear? It's stuff too tight. What, what, what grown man walk? It, it ain't for men anyway, though. It's for women, right? I mean, it's for men and women. It's, it's, it's men. Like, well, it looks it like ain't for grown. <laughs> it ain't look for it ain't grown men. It's <laughs> way up years old when you can shop in H&M, there. Ancient yeah. clothes clothes like a carriage wire. It's yeah. a height and weight <laughs> requirement to be able to. Yeah. No, I can't wear nothing I know but earrings, and that's gonna break me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this is. I mean, it's for me. It's 
we quit to jump on the boycott bandwagon. If you do something that is harming other individuals, then no, I'm I'm not gonna creep with your business. Do I think you need to hire uh, probably some more PR people <laughs> to kind of research some of your ideas and just because you ain't gonna tell me nobody in the Burberry at least. You know, because they came out with the whole noose around your neck hoodie. Did nobody yeah. see that and yeah. think that was like? Yeah, I, yeah, obviously, you know. Oh, that's, that's, you know that, that British and stuff like. like yeah, this is this is great. This is great. What was Please, great? Now, what was Idris Elba at with us? Like Idris didn't find me to be like. It's blindly wrong. This <laughs> like you, you knew somebody no. knew that was wrong. I tell you when I tell you when when Duckhead start putting noose on stuff, then I'm boycotting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> chaps, <laughs> chaps do it. I mean, that's look. I'm free. But what about U.S. Polo? <laughs> <laughs> when, when you got the two men on the one. Yeah. <laughs> two men on the. That's the us polo. You <laughs> and the us polo. And USPA. Like what kind of croquet? <laughs> I told you I'm good until I buy my stuff at regular anyway. So as long as you gotta get it from Ross, when one sleeve is slightly longer than the other, anyway, ain't I'm no saying. Gucci and Ross, ain't no, no Burberry and Ross. You never make it to Ross. Never. They get, they get robbed on the truck. On That's why I was going to say the truck won't make it to Ross. Yeah, they get no. robbed on the truck. <laughs> Man, that's so, I mean, don't be so quick to boycott everything. Y'all do your own research. Don't. I feel like you people put stuff on Facebook and everybody just jump on it and be like, attack, 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 attack. Um, eh, you know me, I, I'm kind of, I, I look into stuff myself and be like, oh, you know, I can kind of see where that would be. When H&M came out and it had the little boy and the, the you know, they had him in, in like something with a monkey on it or something. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, yo, like. Check your kids' geranimals right now. It's like king of the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Like, check your kids' geranimals like, right now. If you don't have anything animal-related in your kids' room, like, I... No way. I don't understand, like, some of the things we get upset about. Like, when there's so much bigger issues that we could be getting upset about. Mm-hmm. Um... But me, what else you got in the news? Local, no, do we have anything local? Yeah, about the little boy that, that, that escaped. He, he ran out of um, elementary school. He said somebody was touching him. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I think what's the name what of the school? What was this? Let me West, Westview. Or Westview. Okay. Spartanburg. Spartanburg. And the Anderson Mill situation. Didn't Anderson Mill have a, a situation with a little girl wrote an essay? And. Uh, Something went wrong with the essay, apparently, but it's a lot of things going on in the schools, apparently. So, what was the end result of the little boy leaving the school? Um, they, the news channel went to the principal, and you know she was, you know, skipping around and stuff, saying that, well, yes, we, we, you know, he said he was going to the bathroom, and he, he, because he ran away from school, and he went out by himself to his grandmother's house because apparently a child was touching him. He had gone to a teacher before and nothing had happened. So it happened again and he was like, I'm out. And so he was walking to his grandmother's house. Somebody ended up giving him a ride to his grandmother's house. He was but, a stranger. Yeah, a stranger, yeah, which is like even crazier. But that, I mean, there's some good people out there. There's some good people out there. Because I don't know, honestly, I don't know what the days were. I don't know if I would have picked him up. Because 
You know, you just don't know what what it was been said. This grandma like, wait a minute, what you doing taking my son, my grandson somewhere? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I was just getting ready to ask, how did the little boy know how to get to grandma's house anyway? But you said somebody picked him up. Yeah, somebody yeah. picked him up. <laughs> oh, that definitely yeah, he's nine, he's nine, nine years old. Okay, so he he probably knew addresses and stuff like that. But yeah, apparently a, a child was touching him inappropriately. And, See, but this is part of my snick tips. But this is a this is an opportunity right oh, here man, to talk about our children. Um, I was in, I was in a conference this week, and we did a session on gender the not gender the age. What is the age? Age of consent? No, 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 the different groups of ages or what have you. And I'm killing myself now. What's that? No, just like the different generations that we're in, like millennials, like millennials and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were talking about in today's workforce with millennials, millennials and younger mm-hmm. that they lack the ability to resolve conflict. Yes. So when I was nine years old, some kid got punched in the face or some kid punched me in the face. Somebody touched me, I'm swinging on. Mm-hmm. And I might win or lose. But I'm swinging mm-hmm. or whatever. I might have told my teacher once, like, you better get him or her when it happened. You know, we just learn how to resolve conflict as, as children. Growing, I mean, going to school, you know, playing basketball. When I got to JV, we had this, this you know, white coach. He cussed. Our varsity coach cussed. I mean, he cursed. They cursed at us like we were dogs, you know. While the best player, oh, you good. I mean, it's just, I mean, my mother and stuff didn't curse me. My dad didn't curse me like that, but this white man did. And so I'm like, Mom, I'm quick. Because blah, blah, blah. She's like, look, you stand up and you do what you need to do. They keep yelling, then you shut them up by your play or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you learn, and then they're not cussing as much. or they, they let, That's stuff that we learned and our parents taught us, and that's stuff that we did. But this, this gentleman was saying that, our children don't know the ability, or millennials or younger don't know that ability because they're not around people enough to do it. So, like, if a teacher is giving, you know, this, there's an issue between teacher and student, that student eventually just want to change teachers. They, they don't want to have to be able to work through the problem and say, okay, I'm going to be quiet, okay, well, I'm going to learn how what I need to do to pass this course. They're just saying, look, I just need to change the teacher. Because when you're playing video games all the time, you're not winning, you reset. Go to the next game. Cheat codes. And so, yeah, so it's like now our children, and we see it in the workplace. I see it in the workplace where we have, I will have employees come to me and say, you know, I'm filing, you know, a harassment complaint. But what happened? Melissa told me that I need to clean up my side of the line. And I'm at the point now I have to pull out the harassment policy. Did any of this happen? Did they talk about you? Did they give you, they make a sexual reference? Did they ask you to do anything? No. Well, that's not harassment. What it is, you know, she's been there for a while. She felt she could tell you what to do. Maybe you don't like it. Hey, you two work it out. It's almost like a deer in the headlight. How do I work? How do I work that out? What is working out? 
And so that's why I was thinking that's that's the Smith tip as far as parents and you raising millennial or you millennial whatever you got millennial child or and I hate to go there as far as generations because there's some who aren't but these generations where they're in in front of their online all the time playing video games that they lack that ability to resolve conflict. Well, I, I think it's a definite learned behavior too. I mean, I, I think it's definitely. I work a lot of millennials work for me, and mm-hmm. I definitely have my moments with them. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's a learned behavior when you look at the world today, and you have a whole entire government mm-hmm. that will shut down, force people into a furlough situation mm-hmm. because they cannot resolve mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. issues. That is teaching. Mm-hmm. generations mm-hmm. behind them mm-hmm. that you don't have to resolve your issues. You can just get into the stalemate and be like, well, I'm just going to do me. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's a learn it's a learned behavior. The amount of accountability, the amount of uh, just stepping up to the plate and being like, I was wrong. That line is so blurred now. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to admit being wrong. It's better to just switch than just admit to mm-hmm. Walk out of a situation. When you see people who just leave job after job after mm-hmm. job because, well, I didn't like my boss. Mm-hmm. I probably ain't like nobody I worked for at some point. But Duke Energy does not take that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the mortgage company does not say, <laughs> but just because you didn't like your boss and you are now unemployed, you don't have to come with your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like there's no accountability anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I find when with working with millennials, where I work at, uh, I work in the training department of HR, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of them come through a hiring process. And the way they communicate, uh, they don't have really strong communication skills because mm-hmm. most of their communication is done through either text, mm-hmm. email. Um, there's no handshakes. There's no eye-to-eye contact. So... The, the, the way they communicate, not all of them, but most mm-hmm. of the millennials, is through electronic devices. You, t- you brought up the video games and stuff. They live a lot of their reality through their electronic devices. So it takes away that communication aspect of being an adult, mm-hmm. which limits them uh, from being, I guess, at their full potential. So when you have that particular issue with some of these millennials, then you go into that point where... They if they don't know how to resolve conflict because they would rather send an email mm-hmm. and that that be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh, I I get so tired of emails at work. Sometimes it's just re- almost redundant. Mm-hmm. But but the thing about it is that because you know what I do at work, I would prefer you know what our slogan is: uh, um, boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. I get out there and I walk and I talk with the supervisors, I talk with the employees, and I find exactly what issues are what type of trainings they need, that's what helps move uh, that process a lot quicker. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's one thing that we really got to encourage our millennials to be more conversational. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. That definitely is one of the, the bigger challenges we're facing, not just in the workplace. If you ever try to, to have a relationship with somebody and you maintain it through text messages and then get in person with them, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> never talk about right. like, We text a hundred times a day, but in person, we like... <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to talk to you no more. So, go home so I can text you. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's real. Like, when I lived in Kentucky, I, I, I dated a young lady that was like 10 years younger than me. 
and she would text, and it'd be these long text messages. I mean, she's just like just debating via text, and it's like 10:30 in the morning, and I'm in a meeting or something. And then she'll text right back, oh, you don't have anything to say about this? <laughs> I'm at work. And then at night, I call her and she says nothing. I say, well, I want to talk about this text. I don't even remember what I texted you about. And then she eventually said, I, I communicate better via text. I mean, and then could you ever get off the phone with them and be like, well, okay, well, I'll just let you go then. Yeah, and then get off two the seconds phone, later. Two seconds later, text. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I'm done. Like, I, this technology, man. Yeah. Your smith tip is to... As, as, as an adult, and you know, being a millennial adult, or an adult that has millennials or younger children, pull up the ability to resolve conflict. Learn it. Teach it to your children or if you're an adult. Learn how to deal with things. We're also too sensitive. And, and, and I don't mean that from a political correctness standpoint. I just mean it from somebody can tell you that you're not doing something right. Someone can tell you that, hey, I don't like what you have on. Or I don't like how you did this. They can tell you that. Your ability to be to move forward is to learn how to deal with that person. Instead of just, I'm quitting, I'm running away, and as parents, and I bring this up, you know, because when we had this session, my coworker was telling me about her son, you know, constantly getting into it with one of his teachers. And it's like, she doesn't know what to do, he's making good grades, but he he reminded me of me when I was a kid. I was a, I was a class clown. And I could, I, when I realized I had the ability to move a group of people, you couldn't tell me anything. And it wasn't until the teacher suspended me and my mama, you know, talked to me with a stick <laughs> that it never happened again. Remember them days. And so I was telling her, you know, she's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to beat my son or whatever, but I'm saying, well, he, he needs to learn how to resolve this conflict because, you know, he's going to deal with teachers that don't like the fact that he thinks he's funny. I dealt with it, you know, so you, he's going to have to learn how to find a way to get through that. And it's like she's at a loss. No, in a loss, you will pick that stick up or something. But that's, that's just what I'm saying. So that's my tip. You know, if you're a millennial, you know, there may be jobs out there now, but there won't be jobs out there forever. You need to learn how to work through that issue. That's true. Step up to that person. And I, and I trust and trust. It won't get that far as far as a fight or anything like that. But hey, maybe you need to have a good fight or two. But you might. Not at my workplace. Well, yeah, I'm just kidding. Tell them can can we go outside or something? But anyway, I just learn how to resolve conflict. Mm -hmm. Learn the methods to it. You know, there there things online. There are books. You know, that is a skill. That you need to have, and parents, you need to learn how to. Do. Every time your child come in from outside crying, such and such hit me. Don't go out there, and, you know. Don't hit my child. No, you you stop that child, and you know that's when you start the process of learning how to you know resolve conflict. So that's my tip. That's a tip. That's Smith. I love when you do the Smith tips because you know I always take something away from it. I'm gonna try to learn how to resolve conflict. Yeah. At my workplace, yeah. I sat in my car for an hour and a half last night. 
breathing hard <laughs> after I got off. Work on that. But no, that might be that might be your method. I employ a lot of millennials. Yeah, so. that, may, that may be your method. You know. Um, you know, with Smith Tips, I also have Scott Phoenix motivational moment. Um, my motivational moment today is definitely um, I'm just in the season where God is giving me the season to decrease. I, I think I spoke on it before um, with this Miss Sarah J. Roberts, and she was she preached a sermon of everything must go. Your season to decrease. You know, listening to other motivational speakers and sermons also helped me. And Sarah J. Sarah J. Roberts talked about. Um, how you have to let go of some things to make room for your greater and encourage me to go get away over half my closet. I don't know what happened. We <laughs> spent some blimmin' messages in there. But um, a season of decrease. I've had several people come um, up to me and ask me about this after watching my live video before that you have to be okay with the subtraction, not just the blessing. Sometimes when you ask God for something and you want it so bad and you ask Him for it, we're not prepared for the season of decrease that he puts you through before blessing you with that you asked for. Mm. But sometimes he has to make room in your life for the blessing you asked him for. You are hanging on to a lot of stuff that is physical and emotional. Y'all know with me, I bought a lot of stuff that made me look good but not feel better. Mm. I, I accumulated a lot of things that cost a lot but wasn't worth nothing. So I had to go through the season of decrease. Be okay with him taking things from you, whether it be people, whether it be a job, whether it be, it's, it's say thank you to some of the things he's blocking in your life. You apply for a job, then get it. Instead of pouting about it, say thank you because it was something at that job that I wasn't prepared for. If it was somebody that he separated you from, say thank you because it was some attached to him or her that my spirit wasn't ready for. Mm. So start thanking him for the things he takes from you, not just praising him for the things he blesses you with. Because I promise you, there is a blessing in the subtraction. you got to understand his math. He's a very algebraic dog. <laughs> Sometimes his negatives do add up to be positive. So um, that's my thing. It's just uh, be prepared for your season of decrease. If you ask for something, be prepared for him to make room for it. And that's my motivational moment. I want to give a huge shout out to Mr. Bruce Mosley for yeah. blessing us with his presence, yeah. as well as his beautiful wife. I yeah. love to see when he's like my wife coming. You know, that's when you know you got it when your backbone she right there. <laughs> she here. She's my ride. Kickstand. You got to have a kickstand. <laughs> so thank you so much for blessing with your presence. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for coming through. Um, continue to support positivity, people. Continue to follow Sky Phoenix. Chris Smith, you know we out here. Well, I mean, wrap it up for us, brother, because this is really your show. Well, again, I want to thank you know, brother Mosley. No, this this is our show. This is always our show. This is our show. Okay. He's just my friend. They happen to be my my, my guest. You know, I, I, hey, maybe one day she'll let us do like a men's show. Absolutely. Yeah, Whenever we you have want a to. bunch of men. We're going to talk about men's subjects. Whatever you want to, you got it. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks to um, Minister Mosley and everything. Mr. Mosley, anything you want to leave to our people you want to share? If I could leave anything to, to the people out there, please understand, listen to this. You can achieve whatever it is that you want to do. You just got to make a decision to do it. Mm. You got to commit to that decision. Mm. And you got to develop a plan to see it through. But understand, you got every tool you need to do. Yeah. Hey. right there. That's right. So. What is it? <laughs> 
decide, decide commit, commit resolve. resolve. That's right. That's right. So, um, hey, as I say every time, 2018 was epic. But 2019 is still monumental. Monumental. Till next time, everybody. All right. <laughs>